Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Much is demanded, amen? Much is demanded. Luke chapter 12, verse 48, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So what exactly, what exactly is demanded? If much is demanded, what exactly is it that's demanded of you? Jesus just said, from everyone who has been given much, that's for those that have received the cross, who have received salvation. Who's received that in here today? Shout amen. amen. So much is now demanded from you. Got a couple yeps on that one. See, that's not popular preaching. What's popular preaching is you get saved, kick back, and hang on till heaven. It's not, that's not the Bible, though. And you hear this all the time around here, but I want you to hear it again. What's being preached in most churches is not the Bible. It's American Christianity. American Christianity will not get you to heaven unless you slip in somehow. Nobody, nobody's preaching, turn or burn. You, by the way, that's an accurate, that, that may be church vernacular, but that's actually the Bible. Turn or burn is actually correct. That may bother people, that may be offensive, and in case you're new, I don't worry about offending anybody ever. So you get strong right now. You needed to get strong a long time ago. If you're in your 30s, you're in your 40s, you're in your 20s, you're in your 60s, and you're in your 70s, and you still waltz around in offense, this is the perfect church for you. We'll crowbar that thumb right out of your mouth. You ought not to be walking around offended by anything. You ever have a problem with somebody, what should you do? Just go to them one-on-one, -on -one, ask them, what, the problem, what's the, what do we got to do to fix this? What's your problem with me? Let me tell you my problem with you, get it fixed, amen? You can even do that with me, but you need to schedule an appointment to do it. Don't come and do it anytime you feel like it. But much has been demanded of us. That's what Jesus said, much is demanded. How many Christians live under the umbrella of much is demanded of me instead of I'm just hanging on and going to heaven? Or God, you're here to be my genie in a bottle, my personal servant. Much is demanded of us, but what is actually demanded? You know, the Bible is very specific. If you don't believe that God is a specific God, you need to read about the construction of the temple and the tabernacle. He's a very specific God, and this is a very specific word. Very specific. So we need to know what is demanded. Most of us, we live our entire lives under the auspices of verses like this from everyone who has been given much. Most Christians can quote this verse if they've been in the church for just a year or two. From everyone who has been given much, much will be required, much will be demanded, depending on what translation you're reading. But what exactly is demanded? Right now, just in your mind, go ahead and start giving yourself the list. If you don't have a list, then understand you're not living the Christian life. Well, I'm saved. I didn't say you weren't saved. I said you're not living the Christian life. You can be, you can be saved and vastly underperforming. Hence the reason why. 
Here we are 15 months into 15 days to flatten the curve and the American church is vastly uneffectual and mostly closed. And I can tell you that even the ones that are open are spiritually closed. Walk in there, watch them. How many of you are led by the Spirit of God? Shout amen. amen. You walk into those churches and you, or you watch those services. There's no life there. The Holy Spirit's gone. He's gone. Their lampstand has been removed. What's the lampstand found in the book of Revelation chapter 2 and 3? What is that lampstand that Jesus threatens to remove from five out of the seven churches? It's their platform, their ability to shine light. God says, you know what? No, you're not going to stand in the midst of a virus like this, 99.9% survivable virus, and you close your church? You know what? I'm going to come in and remove your lampstand. We'll get deep. We'll get deep on it. So what specifically has God called you to when he says that he demands much of you? If nothing pops into your mind, that's because you haven't studied to show yourself approved. See, you came to the right church now. This is where you need to, it doesn't matter whether you're 78 or 18. Your best days are ahead. If you go ahead and you join in with the word of God and start doing what God has called you to do. Because from everyone who has been given much, much is demanded. But we live under the auspices of verses like this our entire life when we never create a list. We never say, well, what are these things that God demands of me? Don't worry, I'm going to do it for you. They never, and if you don't know, if you don't define what it is that's demanded of you, then you can never respond to it. So Christians their entire life, what, what, what's, what's the normal timeline for Christians in America? I followed it for many years. What is the normal timeline? They get saved, and then what? What happens next? Then you have a bunch of ladies in the church and guys then try to set you up with your wife. Or your husband. Is that God's plan? Who knows? Well, let's do it anyway. So most Christians end up in horrible marriages. Tom, how can you say that? I've been around since 1987 in the evangelical church, and most marriages are horrible. You can change it if you want. If you want to change it, you can change it. It's very easy to change. You know how you change things being horrible? You repent. Don't concentrate on the other person's repentance. Matthew 7, 5, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Don't concentrate on your spouse. You can always fix it, but that's, here's the timeline. You get saved, and then they try to find you a spouse, and then you get married, pop out some puppies, buy the minivan, the juice boxes, the fruit roll-ups, and you become chauffeur for the rest of your life until they graduate, and then you no longer even know your spouse anymore because everything was put into the kids. We might as well build altars to our kids and call them Ezra poles. And then they, they go off, and everybody's empty on the inside. So they settle in, then they go to a church that will preach whatever it is that tickles your ears to make you feel good about your life and sedate you Hopefully on your way to heaven. Maybe. A lot of people walk away from God because it's not Christianity. See, you have to establish two things. What is demanded and how do I get there? 
What's demanded of me and how do I get there? If you have never asked those questions, please understand something. Let me repeat them for you. What is demanded and how do I get there? If you've never asked those questions, please understand you're not living a Christian life. You might be saved and hanging on, but it's not a life full of abundance. The thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come to give you life and life to its full abundance. Hanging on and surviving is not life to its full abundance. It's not thriving, it's surviving. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. How? That's most people don't even read the rest of the verse. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. How? According to the power that works in you. How many people have ever heard that last end of the verse outside of Foundation Church? Unless you've read it yourself. Nobody wants to talk about that part, mainly because it'll take the power away from the pastor. He's supposed to be the anointed one. No, God's not a respecter of persons. We all live, listen, if you doubt who's in charge of this church, try me. I'm in charge here, but in the eyes of God, we are all equals with our own offices to fulfill. He's not a respecter of persons. So it's according to the power that works in you. So if there's no power on the inside of you, is he able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think? Absolutely not. But what we do is we have no power. We've never grown up in faith. How do you grow in faith? How do you grow in dispelling unbelief? By the word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is the word of God. You understand that now, right? It's really not difficult. We live in a faith covenant. Jesus is the word. So this is your faith. A lot of people say, we love Jesus and his word. That's an easy way then to get out of being obedient. Oh, I love Jesus, but not his word. You know, we, you know the, COVID, the COVID moniker. Oh, yeah, yeah, I believe that verse. But, you know, you have to use wisdom too. That's heresy. It's actually blasphemous towards God. To say that you need to mix in or that anybody needs your wisdom mixed in with the word of God. Don't add to it, don't subtract to it, or add to you the plagues that are written of in this book. Book of Revelation, read it for yourself, last chapter. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Everybody who has been given much, much is demanded. He will work through you. And by the way, let me just put this out there for everybody. This is not optional. This is commanded. This is not optional. Well, I, I choose the B life. That's why you have scriptures entitled warning against falling away in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Because if you don't understand that much is demanded and you are required to perform, you're in danger of falling away. Because it's not the Christian life. It's not the Christian life. I'll tell you what the Christian life is in a minute. Most Christians think that the purpose of Christianity is to do the following. I put together a list here, but there's lots of other things I could add on there. Make life better. Is that the purpose of Christianity? Is that the purpose of your salvation? To make your life better? It's not. It, it may do that, but that's not the purpose. To bless their life, to bless their lordship, keep them out of hell. 
add a peace to their life, a P-E-A-C-E, peace to their life. Jesus said, do not suppose that I've come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I've come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. And we think Jesus comes to bring a peace into our life? And I know, it's your, I, know I understand Philippians 4, 6, and 4, 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding. But it's not for you to have peace with your carnality. He came to bring a sword to the carnality. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any. It's going to bother you. The Bible will bother you if it doesn't. If you don't go to a church that offends you, you're at the wrong place. The Bible will bother you. It bothers me. They think that they get saved to save their marriage. And because they're Christians for these reasons, those things never happen. Because it's not Christianity. It's not, it's, Christianity is not to bring a peace to your life, to make your life better, to save your marriage, to bless your lordship, to bless your life, to bless your plans. That's not the purpose. And because that's the reason why most Christians are Christians, those things never happen. Because that's not the process. God can't save a marriage if both people are carnal. Their minds are never renewed. They're still conforming to the pattern of this world, not transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you won't be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's why Christians walk around in perpetual weirdness for 40 years. They never listen. They don't look at fruit. I, eat, I need to do it. I need to do an entire message series on fruit. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You shall know them by their fruit. Matthew chapter 7 verse 15. A tree is known by its fruit. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Luke six forty three. People will never honestly look at themselves and say, what is my fruit? Is any, let me ask you this morning. Is anybody being saved around you? Much is demanded. Anybody? Got quiet now, right? See, because that's the American church. I get stuck behind a guy on Winchester. You know, there's no hope on Winchester. It's where hope goes to die is on Winchester. Behind a boat going 45 and a 55 while I'm on my way here. That, for most Christians, their life really is the same as that person except... They just go to church on Sunday. They really do. Their whole life is something else outside of God. I'm like, how in the world do you just forsake God for a boat? This life is temporal. It's fleeting. It goes in a hurry. No concern for the eternal. See, Christianity is the act of being consumed. Is that you? Or are, you, or are you trying to consume God? Like, like God? like God said himself, you have not bought any fragrant calamus for me or lavished on me the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. It's the act of being consumed. Let me read it to you. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. 
Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Echoed in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24. For our God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. So life, the Christian life, is about being consumed by God. Not consuming God with our requests. And listen, by the way, we should be requesting. That's also, that's also commanded. But being consumed by God comes first. Here's number two. Christianity is about conquering new territory. Is that happening? I mean, be honest with Look at the fruit. The eye in the sky does not lie. Look at the fruit. Are we conquering new territory? New things being a chance being taken. Look at the first, first part of Hebrews 12, 28. Since we are receiving a kingdom, we're supposed to be in the process because much is demanded of receiving a kingdom. Deuteronomy 4, 1 and 2, listen to what God said to the Israelites. Now, O Israel, listen to the judgments and the, stat- the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe, that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you. What will, what will, what will a lot of Christians tell you? At that moment, when you want to go in and possess the land, you know, this is why I don't listen to people. You're like, I can't believe that, Tom. You seem like a very open-hearted person. <laughs> I'm not. Because at that moment, they'll, just, they'll be like the Israelites in the midst of Caleb and, Josh, and Joshua. Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it, is what two out of the spies said into the promised land. Two. And everybody else is ready to stone them and Moses too. When you want to take new ground, your wife might rise up against you. Your enemies will be the member of your own household. You know what you do when God is telling you to do something? Yeah, but what if your wife tells you no? What, 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 what if you have your old church calling you? Hey, don't, don't forget how much we love you. This whole COVID thing and this whole vaccination thing, it's not our fight. It's not our time. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from. Let me finish the first part. Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe, that you may go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you. You shall not add to the word which I command you. Nor take from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. So when God tells you to do something, do you add or do you subtract? See, every, in Christianity, everybody wants to be the person with the microphone. If that's not what, and people will afford, that's why we have 5,000 churches when we need five. Well, I want to be the pastor. No, I want to be the pastor. First of all, walk a mile in my shoes, and you'll never want to be a pastor again. You know the fire you have to go through? You want to gather 25 people to watch you preach. You know the fire that you're going to have to go through for that? 
Most people can't, can't hang with a Bible study. They quit Bible studies. Well, nobody came, so. You know how many times I've preached up here and there's nobody here? They were over there at that time. The stage used to be there. I used to be, I used to, to, to start scheduling things in my mind, like, well, I'm going to have to meet with the staff, the one staff member that I had, <laughs> and all the volunteers, and say, hey, we're not going to make it much longer. There's nobody here. But God would mock me by, with giant offerings. There's no way to close. I'm like, how am I going to close when I have plenty of money to stay open? Yeah. God will just mock you. You have to be able to stand in that. I wasn't ready to stand in that. That's why I quit 500 times. I don't know how many times I wrote, wrote my resina- resignation letter to send out an email in the patrol car. I hate all Christians. <laughs> Done with this. <laughs> you leave me, I'll leave you. I'm moving to Tennessee with everybody else. <laughs> So what's demanded of you? To die to yourself, to be consumed. And a lot of us, we can't press five minutes a day into God. What should you do? David said, the man after God's own heart said what? Early in the morning will I rise up to seek thee. First. Seek him first. Before you wake up the kids and start worshiping your Ezra poles, Try God first and watch and see what happens in your life. It'll transform you in days, but you're going to have to hang in there. All the distractions will come. Right when you're trying to pray, the devil will come. You're trying to study the word. All this, there'll be new options suddenly presented before you. What do you do with them? Nope. It's like Christians, they come in. And I've left, this, I've left this option out because it's not, in the, it's not in the top two. What snatches people out of Foundation Church, relationships and offense are the top two. Next one's opportunities that people think are godly, steps ordered by the Lord, and I could smell them that they're not. You know, Tom, why do you always talk about smell like that? Like, like our praises are an aroma to God. It's a spiritual thing. You can like smell it. And I'm like, do you really think that's an opportunity? You plugged into a church, you have a ministry, and suddenly there's an open door? God called you here and then opens a different door? See, Christians always think, because we're not, we're not really walking in the spirit. We're walking in greener pastures syndrome. It's greener over there. It's greener over there. You plug in and you find where you're supposed to be. Of course, the devil's coming with a relationship, with a fence. I see people plug in here and we jump their case because they didn't perform the way that we want them to perform. In some form or fashion, we jump their case and they get offended. Why don't you go meet with the person and say, how is it that I fell short? When, listen, when I, was, when I was a cop with the Sarasota Sheriff's Office, I didn't go to my supervisor. Oh, well, I'm offended, so I quit. Why? Because it was too important to me not to quit. My job mattered to me. Why doesn't our church matter to us? That we, we won't even, we'll walk around offended or we'll just leave. Instead of walking up to the person that's offended us and said, how can we work this out? 
you do it at your job because your job's more important to you than the church. You're welcome. This is where you need to be. Trust me. There's a way that seems right. Soft pedal pastor, skinny jeans, latte sucker, skip verses. They seem right. They do. Listen, I, sometimes I love to listen to lukewarm pastors because it relaxes me. I do. They, they talk like Joe Biden at the State of the Union address. Well, you know, we got we to gotta go up to the thing. What is he saying? But it's very relaxing. It's soothing. Can't understand a word he's saying about butchering the unborn, so it's very relaxing right now. So we're supposed to be consumed, and we're supposed to be conquering new territory. Ask yourself, listen, just be honest with yourself. Is that happening? If it's not, say it out loud. It's not. Who, do you think you're fooling God? If your job is your life, say it out loud. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. James 5.16 if you're wondering. Say it out loud. My job is my life. Many Christians need to say this. I don't believe the Bible. I believe in my Christianity. My truth. Just go watch Oprah then. Stop going to church. It's got to be some kind of Oprah thing on Netflix where you can get it 24-7 because that's your God. See, there's a promised land to be obtained. There's a better life for you. A lot of you are thinking, well, I've already got a great life. No, you don't. You just think you do. And like things are great right now. You're going to want, listen, if you want them to remain great, you're going to need to become a real Christian. You're going to have to walk towards the promised land. There's a kingdom to be, to, to be obtained. I've already used the verse, but seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, you know, I've already blown up so much in my life. So have I. I'm 52 years old. I was at the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office from 23 to 49 straight. 25 years and one day. Out of those 25 years, 13 of, them, 13 of which I was pastoring this church, I wasted 20 of those years. I wasted my life. What does he mean, Tom? Were you out at the bar? No, I wasn't at the bar. I was married almost the entire time. I didn't cheat on my wife. I just wasted it in my own carnality. I wasted it only thinking oftentimes about my career. I wasted my life. I admit it out loud. Why can't you? Why can't you do it? Admit it out loud. I've wasted, my, I've wasted years. I have. God already knows. Say it out loud. Because you can actually, listen, I'm telling you, you can turn it around. And you can turn it around in days if you put them first. But it's got to be a literal first. I mean a physical first, a mental first, an emotional first, and a spiritual first. Don't do one thing in your day until you seek God and set your heart right and watch and see how your life transforms and watch the doors open because here's the deal. Do you know that the doors are already open for you? You just can't see them. You're blinded by carnality. Carnality, Tom, that's some horrible sexual thing. No, it's not. Carnality means of the five senses. Most everybody in this room is run how. 
is how you feel. What, is, what do feelings mean? Like I've told you before, they're no different than burp or gas. Every time you let one of those two things out of your body, just remember that's the, that's the exact equal to feelings. That's why marriages don't lie. Well, the feelings are gone. We fell out of love. No, you didn't. You're just, you have your thumb jammed into your mouth. You're a baby and you listen to country music and you think that defines marriage. <laughs> or any other music. Is this our Christian, is, is kingdom acquisition and dying to self being consumed by God, is that your Christianity? Or is your Christianity survival? It's just survival. Making life palatable, just so I can get by. No wonder nobody gets saved around us. What kind of anointing do you carry when you're saying to everybody, I'm going to teach you how to get by? It's not the Bible. God, let me just, let me just witness to you now. You ready, brother or sister? I want to tell you about my Jesus. He's great once you're dead. It's fantastic. Once you're dead, he's great. Is it God as problem solver? Listen, he does those things. He does make life palatable. He does make life survivable. He, does, he is a problem solving God. But if, you, if that's why you're a Christian, those things will never happen. Luke 8, 11 through 15, parable of the sower. I don't know how much of it I'll read to, to you or paraphrase, but here again, once we have, just like the five, seven churches and only five did well, you have four different receptions of the Bible. There's four different types of receptions of the Bible. Number one is it goes by the wayside and the devil comes immediately and takes the seed out of their heart lest they should believe and be saved. That's number one. But then you're dealing with the Christians after that. But the ones that fell on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear. But they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing fall away. Now you can take that all the way through salvation, or you can do, do just a promise of God. Do we believe for healing? Well, we believe for healing, but in the time of testing, we fall away. Verse 14, now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. How does that happen? Because their Christianity is about survival, making life palatable, save my marriage, problem solver. It needs to be, remember, remember the verse, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken... Let us worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. It's not just a matter of receiving the kingdom. It's worshiping God. It's actually putting him first. What happened to three out of the four? What happened to three out of the four? They didn't treat the word of God correctly. They didn't treat him correctly. How do you treat the word of God correctly? How do you do it? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says this. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Amen. So how do you treat the word correctly? 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved unto God. That's not sexy. 
Study to show yourself approved unto God. I'm going to tell you, my family comes into my office and they'll see me. I have these cards, hundreds of them. People ask, man, they don't say this part. I'm making this part up. Tom, you must be a genius. How is it that you memorize all those Bible verses? Okay, I'm not saying this. There's nobody I love more than cops. But if I was smarter, I wouldn't have been in law enforcement. I could have made a whole lot more money doing something else. So I'm no rocket scientist. I have cards in my office. In, on, there's stacks of them. And I flip through them endlessly. You think that's exciting? It actually is. But you have to get through the carnality first. What's more, what's more exciting is doing this. Why? Because it, it drops dopamine in your blood system. It's a drug. But once you break through that, and you're studying to show yourself approved, revelatory knowledge comes out. And you're like, wow, there's a whole other world out here. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. How do you treat the word correctly? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word. What do you do when life comes your way? Here comes COVID. Preach the word. Not mixed with your wisdom. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little leaven ruins the whole thing. Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. You preach the word, unfettered. Add thou not to the word which I command you, nor take from it, but keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. That's what you're, there's, listen, there's no equivocation with it. Everybody wants one. You know, what does it hurt to wear a mask? Everything. Everything. It's a lie. If you abide in lies, you, you abide in the father of murder, the father of lies. John chapter 8, verses 44 and 45. Read it for yourself. Any lie, even if, even if it's to espouse your virtue or to make somebody else feel comfortable. If I'm invited to my family reunion, I'm not wearing a mask. The rest of them do. The rest of them are vaccinated. I'm not going to go there and make them feel comfortable. They'll get the word. Listen, if they don't, I'm not going to go up and start preaching the Bible to them unless that's what they want to hear. But if they try to press anything on me, they'll get the word back. Every time. There's no hesitancy. For the word of God is quick. There's no hesitancy. Not mixed with your wisdom. It's quick. It's now. Speak it. That's treating it correctly, or you will fall away. You preach it now. Your kid's misbehaving. What do you do? Preach the word. How do you preach it? Put your hand on their rear end, and I mean man-sized whooping. Not your little, not your little chasing them around giggling while they're giggling. <laughs> I've gone up to a mother before. I said, that's a waste of time. She hated me for a while, but she knew I was right. That's why she hated me. If, you, if some idiot comes up to you, you're like, eh, who cares? When you hear the truth and it bothers you, that's what my wife does to me all the time. She always hits me with the truth. 
Like, can you, you know, a little sugar makes the medicine go down? No, no. <laughs> Nothing. People avoid me. You should avoid her. I'm easier. How do you treat the word correctly? James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word. Today, look at me now. Don't just merely listen to what I'm preaching to you, to, to you today. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You want to do what it says? You can just bring, you, you, want, you want to bring life. Fathers, dads, look at me. Husbands, look at me. You want to bring life into your home? Today, don't do another thing till you get home. Go in your prayer closet and pray first. Don't just go home today. Have your family see you. Go in there, start praying, pray out loud, speak in tongues. Watch how your life transforms. Because there is no life. For with thee is the fountain of life. Psalm 36, 9. There's no life in your job, even though it may give you a dopamine push. There's no life in it. It's just a battery running out of steam. Go actually and in, in, in tap into the father of life. Your wife will never love you more. I've had my wife tell me before, you know, I, she like watched, is she in here? Oh, there she is. She said, she said before, I've watched you worship. I'm very thankful for what I have. You want, things to, you want things to change? Put God in there. Why are you still trying? Well, I'll, I'll make enough money and that, that'll make her love me. No, she'll hate you. It's like men trying to be women. Oh, she's really going to love me when I get in touch with my feminine side. No, she won't. That's, I know that it's so funny because I know men go to hell for lust. Women go to hell for whatever their deal is. I don't even know how to put it into words except for insanity. Because you'll have a woman, I see it all the time, they try to transform their husband into a woman, and then when he becomes a woman, they have no respect for him, and then try to change him back into a man and hate him for becoming manly. I'm like, what do you want? You're like, where do you get that from? Right here in this church? This has been my Petri dish for the last 16 years. I watch it. You need to ask, ask your wife, grab her, listen, just grab her by the cheeks and say, what do you want? <laughs> See, I don't even care because I just do whatever I want, period. I'm like, don't you care what she, yeah, I care what she thinks, but not enough. <laughs> you ask any, I'm listen. I'm not changing for people. If God tells me to change, I'll change. I'm not changing to please her. Notice she changed to please me. I didn't marry a shrinking violet. I married a woman who submissive to her husband in submission to the word of God. I guarantee you there's times with my behavior, she did not want to submit. There's been times in my life where there's nobody who could blow up a good day like I could. Man, it's a great day today until dad came in. Understanding that Jesus is the word. It's not Jesus and the word. Understanding that Jesus is the word is everything to a Christian. Everything. Got about 19 minutes to go. Is everybody good? It's everything. Pastors are preaching messages that are easy on the ears. It's not the Bible. But they lay claim to the name of Jesus. Jesus. 
They're preaching messages under the name of Jesus that are not the Bible. Therefore, it's not Jesus. So what are they preaching? The devil. They're preaching the devil. Remember, Saul came up to Samuel and said, blessed are thee of the Lord. Remember? If I get to it, we'll read a little bit of it. Saul commanded to thoroughly wipe out man, woman, child, and beast, the Amalekites. Didn't do it. The prophet Samuel told him to do it from God. Doesn't do it. And how did, what, how did, how did Saul, when he saw Samuel, react? Hey, blessed be the Lord. That's what's going on in the modern church. They're not doing what the word says. They're just using the name of Jesus. And it's not hard to prove. How do you prove it? Listen to a message. Any Bible in there? There's a popular series. What's that series called, Aaron, we're talking about? Summer Playlist is out right now in the Ark Church. Go ahead, pull it up. They're all preaching the same thing. They go to sermon, sermon.com, backward slash Ark Church. I'm making that up. I don't even know if there is. A, is there a backward slash? Is that really right? I don't even know. I, tell you, I don't even know how to turn the lights on in this room, so I have no clue about any technology at all. If it wasn't for Jeeves right now, I'd have to scream. I have no idea what he's doing. I don't know how he makes it sound good or bad. I have no idea. But it's not hard to prove. Where's the Bible? Remember the old Burger King commercial? Where's the beef? Which, by the way, is coming thanks to COVID. You know how much a ribeye costs now? I live on ribeyes. It's not hard to figure out. Did they preach the Bible? Simply open up the Bible and see. Or did they preach their own religion, which is a combination and tolerance and cooperation? Cooperation God's way? Is it? We, you, know, you got Romans 13. Make sure that you, you know, obey your, the rulers, your current rulers of the land, right? You have to obey them. Is cooperation the way of Jesus? Well, let's see. Jesus was arrested, was he not? How about John? Paul? Peter? Stephen? It's cooperation in that, like I've told you before, very simplistic, obey the laws, don't murder people, don't go drive down 776 today at 120 miles an hour, but you don't cooperate with evil, ever. These are the verses, I'm going to do them like machine gun fire, but these are the verses you hear all the time because I don't want you to delineate between your walk with God and this book. Because there is nothing. If you call yourself Christian, you call yourself, you can just call yourself Bible. I'm a follower of the Word of God. The Word of God lives on the inside of me. I'm filled with the Word of God. I've been baptized in the Word of God. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1, verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. First John 5, 7, there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Psalm 138, 2, for you have magnified your Word above all your name. The name being present doesn't mean Jesus is being preached. Summer playlist is not going to include Jesus. You pick your favorite secular songs and we're going to extract Jesus out of them. 
That's, the, that's, that's what people are, I mean, I'm telling you right now, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions this morning. Count yourself lucky. There are millions of people listening to that message this morning, believing that it's edifying to their soul. You know what's edifying to your soul? Cut that bad boy. Tink! How do you prune a tree? You want it to grow up, what do you do? If you want a tree instead of growing out to grow up, what do you do? You prune it. You take off the lower limbs. Tree don't like that. Just like if you want your child to be a good child, you bring them some pain, and they'll become a good kid. The name being present doesn't mean Jesus is being preached. And just know that if the Bible is being preached, it's going to be unsettling and hardcore. Not much of a response there either. It's going to be unsettling. If you have the Holy Spirit comes in and talks to you about you, it's going to be unsettling. Tom, is it all bad? No, it's not all bad. But here's the thing. You know where the good is most of the time? As much is demanded. I've given to you much. Here's the good news. Much is demanded. Is God going to tell you that you're a child of God? Of course he will. But because of that, much is demanded. Is he going to tell you that he loves you and has ordered your steps? Absolutely. Then what's he going to say? Much is demanded. It's not one without the other. Let's go into 1 Samuel. Let's get this done in 13 minutes. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 1 and 3. And like I tell you always, it's never really the plan. I never really know where I'm going to start or stop. But if you want to watch the second service, it's always a different message. But we'll be launching from here in the second service. 1 Samuel 15, 1 through 3, Saul spares King Akog. Samuel also said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over, Israel, over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Now, when you see something like that, which is what this entire book is, when Paul says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18, what should you do with that? Somebody said it. What should you do? Just be bold. Say it out loud. Speak in tongues. Well, that's not how I was raised. That doesn't matter. There's no Jesus and his word. Are you of Jesus or not? The greatest soul winner in the New Testament says, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesied. So what should you do with that? Boom! Should every Christian prophesy? Yes! Doesn't mean you operate in the office of a prophet. It's like every Christian should heal. You may not operate as a healer, but you can still heal. Not every, not every person is an Olympic runner, but everybody can. Boom! See it? Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek. Now remember, how did this all start? Heed the voice of the words of the Lord. 
Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all they have and do not spare them. That's rather disconcerting. <laughs> That's unsettling. Remember, what, what are we supposed to be doing? Dying to self, being consumed, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. And you know that in another part of Scripture, when he's called a jealous God, it's capitalized. That's actually his name. For the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. He does not like when he says, here are the words of the Lord and you don't do them. That's why love for God is what? Love for God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. Love for God is what? Obey his commands. I just love Jesus, but you know, you know, I'm dating somebody right now. We're sleeping together, but I you know, I love Jesus. No, you don't. You hate him. I love my kids. I'll never spank them, though. That's just not the way we do things. No, really? You spare the rod, you hate your kid. That's what the Bible says. That's what's true, whether you like it or not. I've told you before, I'll tell you again, I wish that temper tantrums weren't a sin. There'll be no doubt I'm going to heaven then. No problem. But they are. It bothers me. Anger rests in the bosom of fools. Ouch! I like being angry. Seriously, it fuels me. It's like makes me work harder, more determined. Yeah, you're an idiot. That's what the Bible says. You're an idiot. Do not hasten your spirit to be angry. For anger rests in the bosom of fools, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9. Whether I like it or not, that's the way that it is. Man, I wish that wasn't in there. I wish you could cuss. For all the Christian cussers out there, you can't. What's the verse after, what's the verse after study to show yourself approved unto God? You're destroyed for lack of knowledge. But shun profane and vague babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, filthy language out of your mouth. Whoopsie daisy. Hey, and don't, don't hand me, well, you know, I've been saved for a long time. And, you know, God convicted me of cussing when I first got saved. But now it's okay because I've grown in my grace. No, God does not. God says shun profanity. You know what that means? Turn your face to the wall. Shut it. I wish you could do it. I have a couple of choice words that I really love that I've had to leave behind. I told you I drove the line and shoving it up your caboose, you will hear me say that. Whether it's vaccinations, masks, lockdowns, anything Anthony Fauci says, you can ball that all up in a giant ball. Matter of fact, don't even make it a ball because that makes it easier to go up. Make it a giant block. Turn it sideways and shove it up your caboose. That's where I draw the line. You don't like it? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Like I said on the podcast, you can take your vaccinations, and I mean the needles themselves. Don't, don't shove them up the right way. Turn them sideways. You take that vaccine, you lost your mind. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy, verse 3, in case you're wondering, chapter 15 of 1 Samuel. 
and utterly destroy all that they have. Some of it? All of it. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Period. There's no, there's no, she's hot. So it divides the verse. Destroy all that they have and do not spare them. Get ready now. But kill both man and woman, infant, and nursing. Who? This is Jesus? I told you most people would never serve Jesus if they actually read the Bible. Most Christians will be stunned on the day of judgment that they're not actually saved. I'm telling you, it's true. You can't cave to a virus. Listen, I, I just saved people that caved. I'm just telling you, it is not a good diagnosis of the church. And that's, that's an understatement. Infant and nursing child. In case, and God makes sure that it's very clear. Infant and nursing child. Ox and sheep, camel and donkey. If you're hearing the word of the Lord, remember now, remember what it says. I want to quote it to you. Heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Yahweh is telling you to kill all these. That's rather unsettling, is it not? That's what your church should be. We're not talking about killing people. Got that Facebook, so I'm not getting banned today for once. Not talking about killing people. I'm talking about you being consumed. There's no, there's no anything that you hold on according to your own determination. God says it goes. God says you add it, you add it. Period. I want you to speak in tongues. Well, that's not what we heard in the Baptist church. We'll take the Baptist church and do the same thing with the caboose. Well, I haven't gone to churches like this. This is making me uncomfortable. This is, this is really comfortable here. Hey, go kill nursing children. That's your God. He knew what was happening with all these people. He knew they'd be saved or unsaved. He knew. Our ways are not his ways, nor our thoughts his thoughts. His ways and his thoughts are above ours. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Of course, we're not talking about killing people. This is a new covenant. But you can see there is an unsettling, in the new covenant, there is an unsettling call to death. Is there not? Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. That will solve every problem in your life if you go to God and you say, that's it, I give up. I'm yours. But then you got to do, now he's, he's going to come with the particulars. See, everybody amens that. And then God comes with the particulars. Like, don't roll your eyes to your husband anymore. <laughs> he's not going to allow you to do it. He's not going to allow It's got to go. Being snarky and rude is gone. Being moody, gone. That's why most Christians go, oh, yeah, I'm a living sacrifice. No, you're not. You're a living. Listen, you are a living altar to a false god. You got saved, but then you said, I'll, I'll draw the parameters. Okay, God, I'll tell you what. I'll stop sinning so I don't go to hell. That's not, that's not the Christian life. Is it required? Absolutely. Nobody preaches hellfire and brimstone more than I do. 
But that's not where it ends. God's going to come to you with the particulars. And they will not be settling. They'll be unsettling. You will not like them. Your carnality will fight against it. Some of us, God's going to come to you and say, let your words be few. Not everybody needs to know everything that you're thinking. Everybody will, the world will actually survive without everybody hearing everything you have to say. And by the way, if you're wondering, Tom, did God come to you with that? Yes. I want to talk all the time when I'm in the mood, which is a lot of the time. But God will tell me, you don't need to tell him that. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to. Yeah, but you're a living sacrifice. But God, no. Who are you to argue with God, vessel? How, how is it that the pot says to the potter, I don't like being a pot? Yeah. Many times I'm sitting in a room, I just want to say it. And God's going, don't you dare. But sadly, I still get in because it's very difficult to tame the tongue. So at least sometimes I give in. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. i got to figure out a way to finish this message. Here we go. 1 Samuel 15, 7 through 9. And Saul attacked the Amalekites from Hevlah to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Akog, king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people, whenever you start a sentence when you're a Christian, and you're dealing with the word of God with a three-letter word, but I believe God, but you have to use wisdom. You know, speaking of that, I don't want to miss that. Can you guys get that video ready for me? I don't want you to miss this. This is how we'll close out. If you want to hear the rest of this, come to the second service or watch it sometime during the week. Play it. Pastor Art Polosky, if you're watching this video, that means they have successfully arrested me and I am in jail. If you would like to support me, if you would like to support Rebel News and the legal team that is trying their best to get me out of this trouble, please go to safearthur.com. Please donate. Please help. Help me. Help my family. Help my wife and my children to get me out of this horrible, illegal situation please go to savearthur.com and get me out of this if you can not that well up with tears right now see i i think of canada as another america i look at canada as our brothers i do and the america is not much different and i'm gonna tell you everybody you need to write this down take a picture whatever to send that guy money yeah. period yeah. send that guy money. we are as a church going to be sending him a large check. From everybody, worship team, make your way. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. You know what happened there? They came to his church again for the third time. 
And they screamed the police out of his church again, and then they waited for him on the interstate. You see him with his shirt and tie, his coat and on, wonderful man of God, winning the lost. And that's what they do. That's why you don't cave to a virus. Those that did, I don't care how sweet they sound. It's not our fight. It's not our time. I don't care how sweet they sound and how much they tell you that they love you. They're operating, operating in cooperation with the Antichrist spirit that is causing our brothers and sisters around the world to be arrested. You know what he was arrested for? Inciting people to come to church. That's what's on his charging affidavit. Incitement to bring people to church. And all these pastors think that it was a good idea to lock down and strap a fake virtue on your face. You are cooperating with the father of lies. I don't care if they say to you it saves lives. That's camouflage for totalitarianism and tyranny which is brought to you by the devil himself. This is what happens when you cooperate with the world, hiding behind Romans 13. That's what happens. There hasn't been a COVID case in his church. Nobody in Canada is dying of COVID on a percentage basis. Nobody. All they have to have is a lie and have the church buy into it in every church in Canada. Is closed. Most every church in America is closed. They're building chain link fences around churches in Canada. Trinity Chapel in Canada. That's different than Pulaski's church. That's different than Pastor Coates' church. Both of them now arrested in Canada. Trinity Chapel. They wouldn't allow them in the building to do a Zoom service. They took their whole church away, so they shot a service out of somebody's home. That's why you don't cooperate with the devil. Shut the whole thing down. You give an inch, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Now, it's hard to make this right hand turn, but I'll be in huge trouble if I don't make it. This is what Heather brought me. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. We love you guys. We love the moms. If my mom was crazy enough to watch, I love you, Mom. I love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.